Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM-7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I'm back with my friend, Ed Molitor. He's the owner of the Molitor Group and a former NCAA basketball coach turned corporate mentor who delivers when it comes to transformation, fundamentals, compassion, mental toughness, and vision. In this episode, Ed finishes up our discussion on the seven pillars of victory with the last two pillars, rules of the game and you. We dive into challenging the status quo and knowing your constraints and how this can help you achieve outsized results. He also talks about approaching challenges in life in general with an attitude of gratitude. If you haven't listened to the previous two episodes with Ed, stop now and go back and listen to those episodes 281 and 284 as they set the stage for this final episode in this special three-part series. But before we get started, if you haven't signed up for my free newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I'll send you actionable tips for your mind, body, and recovery to help you look, feel, and perform better. Check it out now. The link is in the show notes. Now for my discussion with Ed. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Rules of the game and you. What does that mean? Rules of the game are so significant. It's the ability to challenge the status quo. Okay. And also, how do you operate inside the constraints that you're given, that are established? Okay. Mm -hmm. And very often we see things as they are. And it's like, okay, that's what we're dealing with. But do they have to be that way? Mm. All right. Do you have to be operating inside a culture of fear? All right. Does that, is that the way it has to be? Do we have to celebrate Bob because we celebrate Sue, even though Sue hit her numbers and Bob came close and we don't want to hurt Bob's feelings. Now okay. I had somebody tell me recently, an executive, when we talk about goals, he said, um, like if the goal was 10, Eight plus a story does not equal winning. No, no, and that's it. And I'm gonna tell you what: if you if you don't believe that, talk to some of these poor son of a guns that are gonna lose their coaching jobs this year, even though they lost their three top scorers to you know season-ending injuries. Talk mm-hmm. to some of those guys. You can sit there and spin it all you want. Ain't no one listening. No. Okay. Either you, I mean, that's it. You either won or lost. There, there's no, there's no, there's no gray area. Your season ended today, or you you survived and moved on. Right? right. And that's it. And, but do you have the ability to challenge the status quo? And if you're inside of an organization and you see something that's wrong, do you stand up for what's right? Or you just kind of keep your head down so you keep your job and make your money? And you see it all the time in every industry. And if you believe as a leader that you are focused way too much on the numbers as opposed to the people, what type of stand do you make? Oh, right. And how do you do it? And I think that's important. Like, how do you do it? And what are the rules of the game that you are playing by? Do you even know them? Like we talk about our five fundamentals of coaching and then the first one being preparation. Do you take time to really identify the constraints you're living inside of and working inside of and how those impact you and how those impact your team members? And then do you take the time to sit there and write down possible solutions or do you just complain? So like financial constraints, budget constraints, uh, time facilities, time constraints. Yep. Talent Resor- constraints. Yep. And keep going. Resources, right? Like we have, we one of the big things that, that I try to just hammer home with our clients is are you doing the best you can physically, mentally, and emotionally with what you have? And here you go, right? With what you have. 
your resources, your time, your skills, your strengths, your circumstances, your limitations to become the best you are capable of becoming. You and I both know that we truly don't, we'll never realize our full potential, which people get depressed thinking about. I get excited. Like, you mean there's more? You mean like we can keep going and we're really never going to know what our ceiling is and we can go up higher and higher and higher and no one's ever going to tell us, dang, man, you're done. Mm-hmm. I think that's I, that gets me fired up. Like, I like that. And, and do we understand how we're going to get there? And do you take the time to really be intentional about that? And then when you do realize what your constraints are and you do realize there's a status quo to be challenged, how do you communicate that to people? How do you talk to people? I mean, you think about some of these amazing women that have cracked the code on becoming professional officials and the crap that they had to put up with to get there. But it all started with this. What It all started with them saying, you know what? This isn't right. We can be better than this. I deserve a shot because I know I'm as good at, if not better, than that. And we know that that needs a lot of work. (laughs) Right. There should be no reason that you should be prevented from doing that job based off of your gender um, at all. And that's, that's, I mean, one of my best, and this is out of the blue that I'm sharing this story, but one of my heroes is my mother Mm -hmm. and my mom and dad are both from the South side of Chicago. And when my mom told my grandfather and God bless him, um, he, he, Love Grandpa Johnny, saw things through a different lens than I see things through. And she went for a walk with him, was telling him that she was going to nursing school. She was 17 years old, high school graduate. And he said, why don't you just get married and get pregnant like you're supposed to? Something along those lines, okay? Mom, you're listening. Forgive me if I butchered it, but I think I'm pretty close. And she looked at him. She says, Dad, you don't understand. Like, this is where I'm starting. This is not where I'm at. And her last job after being a nurse for X amount of years, the ICU, I can remember her working the midnight shift so my dad could teach during the day and she could, you know, watch me and get me off to school. I can remember her coming home, tears in her eyes, telling stories to my dad about something they lost or, you know, just all these different things. And she went back, got her master's degree, got her undergrad, and then got her master's degree, started a medical billing practice, sold it uh, to a accounting firm on Michigan Avenue and got into the administration side of the medical world. And her last job was as the director of Prentice uh, Hospital, Women's Hospital in Northwestern, downtown Chicago. And that was because she had the ability, which blows my mind at the age of 17 on the south side of Chicago, you know, to, it was a different era. It was a different time. It was a different train of thought. But she challenged the status quo and said, no, I know I'm capable of more. And you can build these walls for me, but I'm going to break them down. Mm. And you can tell me what I'm not capable of, and that's just going to add fuel. And I'm going to get really creative on how I'm going to raise a family, uh, go back and get my undergrad, my master's while starting a medical billing practice, and then pursue things that I love. And the coolest part about it is both her grandchildren were uh, born at Prentice Hospital. So had she that? listened, had she not challenged the status quo, never would have happened. And she set an amazing example for you, too. She did. She did. It helps the entrepreneur spirit quite a bit, (laughs) as you very well know, right? Yeah, uh, Uh, my mom's also an entrepreneur, started a catering company out of a 400-square-foot little kitchen that sat above a racket court. And uh, 30-something years later, she has a massive catering and food manufacturing company. But she told me, she actually came on my show, she goes, never once did a bank ever give her money. She could not get money. 
but she didn't listen. Let me ask you, exactly. So what did she do? Not only she challenged us to ask coach, she got real creative too, didn't she? Yes. She got great wow. at systems, and that yeah. blew up her company. She knew, like, how to make every dollar work and maximize her profit. And even in, like, the worst economic situation of, like, you know, COVID and all that stuff, her company kept growing. And so it's really cool that we both have these amazing moms. Mm-hmm. And we pay attention to them. I just yes. hope, I hope my kids pay attention to me. <laughs> no question. So the final one is you. So we've talked about all these other things, you know, today, you know, we talked about status quo. We've talked about your mission and your purpose and objectives and values. How, what's you? I mean, I can, I can, think I mean, I can guess, but. You is the most important person that you're ever going to lead. Okay. And really you, if they spell victory a different way, the why really should come first because before you can lead others, you have to be able to lead yourself. Mm. And the you, we talk about the complete package too, the emotional, the physical and the mental. And we, you you think about what you're doing and exactly. And you think about the product that you have out there and what that's going to do for people and how they can connect the physical to the emotional, to the mental and be Mm -hmm. the complete package. Right. And, 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 what do you do for that? How intentional? How well do you take care of yourself? How well do you invest in yourself? Do mm-hmm. you take time for yourself? You know, we're at we're at that stage of our life where we're building businesses that we're very passionate about. We have families that we're very passionate about. We have demands and pulls on our time that our families don't understand. And quite frankly, they don't need to understand it. You know, I I was talking to a coaching client yesterday, an amazing an amazing man and a very successful athlete, very successful in the biopharma, um, biotech space. And we talked again about his mother and the way she raised him and all the things she did and all the different hats she had to wear. As a single. And you know what he said? He goes, but I never remember a time when she wasn't there. Mm. Like I never, she would come to my games at seven and at nine thirty she would go and she would um, tutor prisoners that were getting mm. their GED. But you know what? In the morning, breakfast was always ready. My lunch was always made. And she somehow was always there. I, my point being is like, okay, we have every excuse in the book to, to, to slack off at some part of our life, but that's not what you's about. You is how do you figure out the complete person and how do you, how do you go about doing that? And, you know, when we were younger, and I don't want to date you, when I was younger, okay, you're younger than I am, it was all about do as I say. Maybe not necessarily do as I do, but do do as I say. But today's leader and the best of the best and today's top performers understand the significance of being authentic, right? Being honest, being integrous, willing to operate with vulnerability and being and showing up their best selves. Like we've heard for years, like how do you become the best version of yourself? And it becomes a little bit redundant because everybody's trying to use it, and especially to people that just get started in in this space, so to speak. You know, I'm going to make you to become the best for Okay, that's great. But what does that mean? And how does that look? And how do I get there? And how do I take all these other pillars and pour it into me so I can pour it into others? Mm. And how do I stay on top of that? And how do I hold myself accountable? Because at the end of the day, that's truly the only accountability partner that you're going to have. Even if you have five accountability partners, the only individual that's going to hold you accountable is who? You. Is you. They say we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with, which I agree. But what about what you're reading? 
And what are you listening to? Putting in your face on the screen. Right. Yeah. What are you watching? What are you starting your day with? Like, what's the mindset? First choice you wake up every single day is our attitude. What's the attitude I'm going to approach today with? No matter how miserable. I mean, I, <laughs> so unfortunately, but fortunately, I love getting up early. But when it's getting up early to have to go put in like 2,500 yards in the pool, I'm not quite <laughs> as excited. So I woke up yesterday after like, after just not a really solid night's sleep. And the dog's barking at like 3.45, which means I have another half hour to sleep before I have to get up. I don't have to be in the pool at 5. I'm like, okay, like how is this going to go when the kids wake up and the dog's walking across the Rainbow Bridge? Because I can't believe she is barking. It's like she's stealing my last half hour. But you know what I did, though? I, you change it right away, right? You go to a place of gratitude that we had the dog that the kids love. That's my dog's buddy. walking across the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you just picked up on that. I just, I it took me a second. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I, all kidding aside, dogs are family. We've, you know, yeah, lost know. a very beloved dog, and it's awful, but mm. we're all, we're joking around here. But no, but seriously, though, what's the first choice you make every single day, and then how do you put your head on your pillow at night? You know, everyone focuses, now I want you to think about this. Everyone focuses on what keeps them up at night. What's going to get you up in the morning? What if we focused on that? What if we came from a place of gratitude and focused on what was going to get us up in the morning? How would we show up for everybody else that day? We talk all the time when I talk with leaders of leaders and when I work with some um, coaches, whether it's at the high school level or the college level, we talk about being the face and voice that your team needs to see and hear. You don't just show up like that. You have to work at that, and you have to be prepared for that. And, and the commitment, the level of commitment you have to developing yourself I, I I think we could go for like five hours. Oh, we um, could. Yes. If forever. I, we're gonna, we're gonna do like this I have again. Twenty questions I want to ask you. <laughs> well, we're gonna do this back and forth. Yes. Listen, folks. Like, uh, you need to follow Ed. You need to check out his website. You need to listen to the Athletics of Business. You need to get his newsletter. But the thing, the reason I like connected with Ed was like, there's something about people that have deliberately engaged over time in very difficult tasks. Like they've chosen to do this, and then they've led organizations. And then when I saw what he was doing in business, I saw that a lot of people that listen to this show are either leading their their leaders at home or their leaders at work or they're both, right? Like being a parent or a stay-at-home parent is like one of the most difficult jobs on the planet. Yes. A lot of people work and lead at home. Or you're just like you said, leading yourself. These are all principles. If you take the word organization and you apply it to family or your church or your community, like these are life changing principles. So I, I I challenge you to go listen to this, follow Ed, and he's got some amazing services. If you are a team leader in sports or in business, you should you should reach out to Ed because I definitely think this is be be of some value. Thank you so much, my friend. I'm excited to bring you back on in the future. Uh, uh, Eric, and like, likewise. I mean, we already have people waiting for when you're going to have your encore interview. That was that was so awesome. And the, the way we connected, and I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you don't think relationships are important and you don't think mm. you never know when you're going to stumble across an amazing one, you know, when I got the email about having Eric on the podcast, I wasn't in the mood that day to read. Like, it was just one of those mm. things, like a thousand things going on. I took it, I dug a little bit, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, and I kind of paused and I stopped what I was doing. And we connected, and it's one of those things where we both recognize our connections, our mutual connections, but more importantly, we both recognize our mutual purpose, and that's what I appreciate about mm-hmm. you. You're, you know, it's just and your ability to to pivot. Again, another overused word, but your ability to get creative inside of 
where you're going with your career, with, with your product, with your services and everything that you do. I was humbled that you had me on the show and I couldn't say thank you enough, my man. Thank you, Ed. I really appreciate that. This has been awesome. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed this series with Ed, do me a favor, leave us a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from, as this is one of the best ways that you can help us get the word of the Blueprint out to more people. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.